Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. I'm so happy to be with you this morning. I wanted to quickly record this podcast. Um, I prefer to have a longer form podcast about this topic, but I wanted to uh, record quickly um, and share this concept with you about how to establish fundraising values. And um, there's a lot I want to say. There's a lot I can say. And perhaps, you know, I'll revisit this at another time. But uh, I've been teaching uh, students recently about the concept of establishing a core set of values. And uh, when you look at a core set of values, what we're talking about is a belief system or a core set of thoughts or ideas that govern your decisions and influence your uh, your progress towards your goals, your fundraising goals. And this year in our podcast uh, together, uh, we are focused on all about how to build our fundraising capacity, build our skills, our, our, our abilities to raise money to connect directly to the programs and the organizations we care so deeply about. And if you're not governed by a core set of values that um, define how you go about the fundraising process, then you will find yourself at the end of 2020 not even close to the goals that you set. So there are two things I want to share with you really, really quick uh, about how to set a core set of values. Uh, Here's the first point. We create value systems based upon what we treasure or what we consider high value or important. And when we talk about something of high value or something of importance, we're talking about something that uh, has a lot of significance, a lot of meaning. Uh, It increases in value over time. It's considered precious. uh, And it's something that generates activity, action, behavior, forward movement towards it. And, And it doesn't mean that we're the only ones who see it. In fact, something of value or something that we treasure is probably valuable to other people and particularly valuable to our competitors. Uh, With that being said, I think that one of the things that we have to continue to frame in our minds is when we create value systems based upon what we treasure, we do have to define what we actually treasure, what we do consider valuable, what we consider precious, what we consider impactful, what we consider uh, necessary uh, to do our work and to have results that mean something of substance. And so you have to be considerate of that. Maybe you value uh, the relationships with your funders. Maybe you value high ticket uh, grant opportunities. Maybe you value high net worth donors. Maybe you value low net worth donors, but in mass quantity. Maybe you value your customers above all else and put fundraising last. Whatever your value system is, uh, this is not a critique of that. But what I will ask you to do is to conduct an inventory of what that value system is because whatever it has been in previous years in previous fundraising campaigns has significantly impacted and influenced the decisions you have made about fundraising so if you want to change the outcomes of 2020 relative to your fundraising you need to change what you value what you put a a value on or what you consider precious the second thing i want to uh, share with you about Uh, The value system is how to create a fundraising value system. Uh, Whatever connects your emotions, okay, whatever draws your emotions out is what you consider most valuable. 
Okay, whatever pulls emotion out of you, what causes you to respond and to be emotionally invested is what you consider valuable. Think about this. Um, when um, a funder does not come through and give you a, uh, a grant award uh, that you have been working hard on, how do you respond? How do you respond when a high net worth donor who committed uh, X amount of dollars does not come through? And does not give that money to your nonprofit. How do you respond? Or maybe this is you. How do you respond when a customer uh, is unable to receive the services that you know they desperately need? How do you respond? Now, there are uh, plenty of people who are listening to this podcast who have different value systems and various degrees of interest in each of the things I listed. But if you look at you and and perhaps I didn't list the thing that elicits a response out of you. But the point is, one of these three things or something draws an emotional response out of you, which means that you are emotionally invested in that particular outcome. Now, when you start to look at what you are emotionally invested into, it will tell you what you truly value. If you get emotionally riled up when a funder doesn't come through, you're emotionally invested. If you get riled up when an individual donor doesn't come through, you get invested. You are invested. Uh, maybe a, a customer has not received any of the services that you know that they need. You are emotionally invested. That means your emotions have determined, have dictated <clears throat> what you actually consider high value, something of high value, something of substance. When your emotions are connected to that, that means that you're always leading with that. Okay. Whatever draws emotions out of you is the lead of what causes you to fundraise the way that you do. Now, <clears throat> In some cases, this is good because it is a healthy response. And in some cases, it is not good. I'm going to leave it up to you to do an assessment of whether what draws emotions out of you is actually something you need to continue to let happen or change. Here's how you do an assessment. Whatever draws emotions out of you, no matter what it is, it doesn't even matter. Right. Does it lead you closer to your fundraising goals? Yes or no? Whatever draws emotions out of you, does it lead you further away from your goals, fundraising goals? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, it draws me closer, continue to do it and dig in deep. If the answer is no, it draws me further away, you might need to make a significant adjustment. Okay? It doesn't mean you stop caring. But what it does mean is you need to readjust and recalibrate what draws emotions out of you. Because here's an example, right? You may get riled up that a customer has not received the services that they need. Great. Partly, that is partly because, and if not wholly because, there are no more resources to provide. Whether your organization ran out of money, whether your organization didn't get the grant, or whether a partner organization is struggling. It is probably likely that the customer didn't receive services because there's been no money. And then, of course, there are other subset reasons, right? Mismanagement of time, bad communication, etc. But if you know that you had the control in your hand to make sure customers got the services that they needed, would you make that adjustment? Would you would you reposition yourself to ensure that the customer was able to get what they needed? And if the answer is yes, then that means you might need to recalibrate what elicits emotions out of you, right? Yes, you still care about the customer, but maybe you need to care more about how you are raising money 
how you are generating revenue so that you can be free with how you serve your customers. The more money you receive, the more money you raise, the more resources you can give to your customers, therefore uh, squashing the needs that they may have and putting them in position to be more successful, more impactful, more influential. When you're developing a value system for your fundraising, it, is, comes, it comes down to two things. What do you value? What do you put a value upon? And then two, what elicits emotions out of you? And the reason it's in that order is because whatever doesn't elicit an emotion out of you doesn't capture your attention. If you don't care enough about funders and funder relations and individual donors and, and income strategies to support the services that are needed for your customers, then you will never get over the hump of being an effective fundraiser. In fact, you'll continue down the track of being uh, an emotional uh, nonprofit professional that tells emotional stories, but those stories don't connect at all with funders who are waiting to give you their money. You got to change what you value and you got to change what elicits emotions out of you. There's so much more I want to say about that topic. There's so much more I want to give to that topic. But I, I just felt the need to share that really quickly with you so that you're positioned to be successful. Now, join me on my next uh, webinar, which is free at MySixFigureFunding.com, where we talk about the three secrets that I've been using, that I have been using to fundraise uh, six figures and support six figure programs and triple fundraising results. Secure your seat for free at MySixFigureFunding.com. This is Dr. William Clark for the Dr. William Clark podcast. We'll see you in the next show. Peace.